So I was watching this uh, Robert Kiyosaki video again. Or not again, but his material again. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was bringing up, like, financial statement versus credit report. Because basically, if if you're a business owner slash investor or whatever, and you want to, I guess, I don't know if it's, like, take out a loan or ask for, so, ask for something. Like, if you own a business or you're an investor, they ask you for your financial statement, like, as far as your, you know, your asset liabilities and all that stuff. Versus when you're just an employee or maybe even small business owner, they ask you for a credit report. And usually with that, you know, you they usually just give you like a credit loan or something like that. That's what that, that's generally what he said on the video, which I know we've talked about that. But the whole point is to talk about it on the podcast now, okay. at least for at least for the listeners that we do have. I don't know where their mind is as far as finances go. And since Eddie's not here, I feel like we could dive into it and we can we can. Uh, dive into just the concept of because even I've been confused. But I've, I've I've texted you a number of times like, hey dude, is this an asset? Hey dude, is this an asset? And like finally now I feel like I have a firm grasp. But it's been months of like just trying to listen to the examples again and not forget the examples. It's more of that like forgetting examples. Um, so I would like you, Brian, to give the best definition you can for assets and then liabilities. So I feel like this is for me, has changed a little bit. Okay. Because ever since, you know, taking accounting in high school and then again in college, um, I thought of, of an asset always something um, being like an object of, of value that uh, will will probably gain value over time as well. Or even if it depreciates, it'll, it'll, it'll have a certain value at that point. And a lot of the times... You know, going back to, to rich dad, poor dad, um, a house is considered an asset because it, it holds value. But in rich dad, poor dad, he says that it's actually a liability because it's costing you money to live in that house. Mm-hmm. If it's not making you money, it's not an asset. So I I feel that for my, like, personal finances, I've tried to take that mentality on. If it's not making you money, it's not an asset. And... I think it's it's a little more conservative, but it'll help you better if you think about it that way. Yeah, I agree. So an asset is anything that that makes you money. So if if your house, if it's not rental property, if it's costing you to live in that house and it's not generating any income, then it's a liability. Yeah. Yeah, because the main example that he gives is like when you go to a bank to ask for like a mortgage loan and they say, oh, like, you know, they, they bring it up as an asset. And he says like the bankers aren't necessarily lying to you but they don't say whose asset it is because you put the mortgage on liabilities where well, you, you need to make sure that balances. Yeah. So so you'll have, like, the value of the house on your assets, but then you'll have what you owe on the liability side. And so those offset and the difference goes into capital. So either you'll have positive capital or negative capital. So it's not necessarily wrong, but a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll take out loans and they'll use credit cards to buy what they think are assets when they're actually in the red because of those items. So don't go buying like an expensive car thinking it's going to build up your assets column when essentially it's it's building up your liabilities column even more, you yeah. know? The asset versus what you're in for. Yeah. What you owe on it. That'll either be a positive or negative capital. And even like one example that I love that you you gave me. This was like when we first started like diving into this stuff. This is I think before even rich dad poor dad, but the the fact that when you get a car, you have to change the oil, you have to change the, 
you have to put money, keep putting money yep. into it. You're you're the asset to the car, <laughs> not not the other way around. In the sense, you know, in the sense of like, yeah. you have to give it money it, for it, it to keep owns going. You, yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's it's very very reverse, and it, it's interesting because you know he talks about like uh, just people that want to own expensive cars or whatever, and you know. especially expensive cars. Like if you're gonna buy a luxury vehicle, just know that you're gonna be spending a lot of money on the upkeep and maintenance of that yeah. of that so-called asset right especially if it's a foreign car too like i mean yeah especially now like here in the valley you see the maseratis i, I saw one ferrari recently uh, very nice i mean the guy kept i mean it's shiny, it was black all black you know it's like oh my god that's a nice you know it's a nice car you know it's not bad uh, and i mean if you can afford it that's fine but yeah. some people think they can afford right. those things and, and that's the whole point is like that uh, that i want to clear up on here for our listeners like you know i i, I leading or ending with the last week saying you know this is you know in a more of an informative podcast, like listen to this stuff and then listen to Robert talk and me remembering the fact that it took me so long to get the concepts. So if we can at least start getting, giving these concepts of like, okay, asset makes you money and asset makes you money. So the good example is the house rental. It, has, it must be a rental. Like, let's say you live at your parents' house and you give, you pay rent, then that you, you're an asset to them or no, uh, right. You'd be an asset to your parents. Well, if, yeah, if you're yeah, paying they, rent, if you're, if paying, you're paying rent, yeah, then that you'd they're be generating, generating some, them income. Yeah, they're generating something because essentially, if you're living, mean, if you're living at your parents' house and mm-hmm. and you're, you know, uh, uh, what was I going to say? What I was going to say as far as uh, the the concept of rental. That's mm-hmm. the important thing is is money being generated because it's under your parents' name. So yes, your parents are now letting a room in the house be an yeah. asset. So it's not in total vain. <laughs> yeah, because like, you're helping out with, with their mortgage or yeah. if if it's paid off, then it's just kind of some profit. Well, that's the whole point because I know one thing he, he, I think Robert keys on is like real estate uh, investing, I guess, mm-hmm. which he doesn't give like specifics on that, but I'm guessing he just buys a bunch of property and like, because he says he has, Works I think some out. in Hawaii where like he has hotels on the property. And I'm sure with him, he, he hires like a, a uh, what do they call them? Like a property management company okay well where they will um take care of like the tenants collect rent and any maintenance and repairs and stuff like that um i don't know too many details on that because you'd probably have to be making a good profit on the property to be able to hire someone out to take care of all those things and still make make some money right um but yeah one thing one interesting point he brought up that i I guess I've I've heard him talk about it on several videos, but um, the the fact that up to 1971, money was money, and now it's after 1971, it's now currency. Have you have have you were you able to get into any of that? Whenever you like, read, I don't know if he has it on Rich Dad Poor Dad. I haven't read the book yet, but I know one of the things he mentioned is so. like, essentially the dollar when it turns when because of the concept of currency, the dollar depreciates over time where i think money would hold its value and i i, I would have to say like the later generate like you know generation uh would it be x x and y, i would say you know x and y basically x and then us where we were told oh save your money save your money save your money that was okay back in the 40s and 50s because it was money it had it, it retained its value yeah. where i think currency if i understand if i understand right that you know now they're printing money faster than you can save it, so the value's going down. So is he is he like advocating for other assets being 
being currency, like basically. Yeah, basically letting the assets build your wealth. Because that's another thing. He brings up wealth mm-hmm. versus being rich. Yeah. So letting your assets be that builder, not the fact of you saving money and versus having. Versus cash. Yeah, versus, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just tangible cash in, in the savings account. Um, because one of the examples I believe he gave was like, you know, back in the, I guess, 60s or 70s, you know, when a, gar- a, b- a barrel of oil was like 10 bucks and now mm-hmm. it's 60. It's more because the value of the dollar has gone down as opposed to the value of oil going, going up. up. The value of oil has basically stayed the same for the past 40 years, but the dollar has gone down because yeah. of how, how fast the U.S. is printing, printing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that's, sense. That's one of the things I got from that this video that I just watched um, that I was like, man. Like, it it makes me feel so shitty. Because it, cause of it's it's like a trick. Like it, it's to me it's it's the ethical thing. I guess that maybe that's what, maybe that's what I tied into more than like, oh I can just find I can fix the problem because I know how to solve it. Yeah I can fix it, and that's not what I'm arguing or that's not what I feel bad about. It's I think it's more of, of, the fact that like you know it's trickery and and one thing that like Gary V talks about you know and. I agree with it because I've called it for like the past two years is like retail is going to fail soon. General retail because of like Amazon, like because intra- That's entrepreneurial super interesting because I had that conversation with Freddie yesterday, actually. Kay. We were Barnes and Noble in the, you know, the business area. Yeah. And uh, I was looking through some books and he picked one up <laughs> and that was like um, best stocks to buy in 2017. And I go, Freddie, why are you even picking that up now? Like, you should have picked it up in January. <laughs> yeah. We're already halfway through the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, so he opens it up, and he, and he reads a couple. And one of them was, like, Macy's. And in my head, I was like, that's interesting that Macy's would be in there, considering that, in my eyes, there's a lot of other retails, like, opening up on online and, and local. More, I, I feel that there's a lot of more local business, um, being uh, more successful, mm. like boutiques and stuff like that, yeah, things right, that would replace yeah, yeah. these big these big box companies. Yep. Um, so, I was like, that's very interesting that it's in there because I think that it's kind of going away. Like you you shouldn't invest in them. Um, I think they're going to be obsolete soon. Yeah, that that was one thing that Gary. V, it, this is within the past month that he talked about like like big box retail stores, right? right? And like I, once I figured out. Uh, the profit margin and then the the model that the retail store I used to work at. Once I figured that stuff out, I was like, this shit ain't gonna last. There's no way it can last. And I wish I would have written it down. I wish I would have been vlogging and all this stuff then because I would have called it, you know, 2015 when I finished school and I finally it's so interesting how I graduated 2015. I quit my retail job 20 September 2014. And within that year, I figured out like this stuff's gonna fail. Like it's th- this is th- this is the next dying model, and and I didn't know why or or what necessarily, but I just knew that it's not gonna last. And now I'm hearing Gary Vee talk about it this past two months, through the summer months, but because of entrepreneurship and like people, like you, exactly what you just mentioned, and it's like, yeah, like this is this is not gonna last. Yeah. And and then when you when you think about it from like a, a generational point of view, um, we're millennials. Next one is Gen Z, and it's it's been said that Gen Z will be even more entrepreneurial than us. Yeah. So with more reason, like I feel, you know, I could be wrong. We all, we could all be wrong. Yeah, we could but completely be wrong. The data kind of points. It's pointing in this direction yeah. that it's like, 
go go do. <laughs> One yeah. question that I got. Well, I told you about it yesterday because you know I have the family situation. You know, I have a cousin in San Antonio, whatever, and you know, the question generally came up uh, last night, and Gonzo's like, "So what's up with you, Walker?" And I was like, well, "What part?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like the podcast, the music, yeah. personal financing. What do you like, hear? Yeah, exactly. Because essentially, like we talked about this last week, as far as one of the questions being, you know, what part of your life are you happy about, and you bring up personal. And, and essentially, this year I've really zoned in, uh, and this is totally re- retrospect to January to now. But essentially, my point is like balance. So I, even though I'm not having, I don't have big stakes in every in everything. I've, I at least have started building stakes in everything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We're, yeah. we're like, even my investing, you know, I, I my first investment, $3,000. You know, when you hear Tony Robbins and you hear about like what you want to do by the age of 25, you know, they're, they're talking, you know, 30, 36, 36,000. Like they're, then they're talking about like some of these like people that started saving early. They, they got this concept from whoever of save and then invest. And they talk about the compounding. And I'm like, man, I, I, I can't do that right now. But, I mean, let's see what happens when I invest a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's grown. I mean, um, it's grown. Oh, what's the percentage? It's, it's, it's been consistent, like, between, like, 13 to 15%, like, this past couple of months, which is it's good. good. Yeah, 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 which is not bad. And um, and then, like, I look at the expense ratio, and I'm, like, so happy. Like, it's so low. you know, Because, yeah. if you, I mean, for people that, you know, are listening – if you go to like Charles Schwab or E Trade or like some of these other, look for the expense ratio. That's more important because of the compounding. I I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it's more important because of the compounding. That if you make a million through and have a point one five percent expense ratio, and you build that over fifteen years, and then you have a let's say fifteen a fifty thousand over the next fifteen years, and you have a but you, but you have a point eight five percent ratio like that's that's terrible it no, it's not up, yeah right. it adds up really quickly and actually i did a, i did a general like grow like just spreadsheet on it and i did like eighteen thousand dollars in 15 years like this was saying i made i think it was like 100 bucks a month for the next 15 years that's what it was and at 0.15 percent it was 27 dollars at 0.85 it was 150 yeah and the fucking crazy thing to me right now is like people are listening more than likely 150 bucks that, that's nothing please people like do that times a million try, dollars try compounding that yeah compound you know, that like reversing instead of being an expense try having it as an asset in your investment times your return yeah compounding mm-hmm. over the, over those years like yeah it, it'll add up even more on a positive note yeah you know so the goal is like i don't know if i mentioned my goal i can mention it now like i i'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it i'm not i'm not I'm not scared to say it either. Like, you know, my, my goal for the next 15 years is to make a million dollars through investing, you know, and that's through pure investing. And essentially, like, it's, there's the way I see it and the way I've learned to see it and I, when I tell my parents about this is, like, I've invested money into companies that allow people to have jobs. And because that gives jobs, that, that allows the economy and the world to, to, to spin, right? And it's, like, I think my whole point on the million dollars, like, okay, do the 0.15% on a million dollars, Versus 0.85% on a million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that that's the whole point of doing some research. And it, it, essentially, like, I can tell you, go read the book Unshake, Unshakable. And, like, I've, I've, it's by Tony Robbins. It's the book that has literally led me to making an ultimate jump. You know, because I remember me and Brian, we'd, we'd always talk about, 
you know, waiting for the right time to invest. And even they, even they mentioned that, but at some points, like we've now realized like how volatile like the market is. That it's like it's not impossible to like to invest, but it's like I'm if I can invest now, at least it'll be growing. While it's still growing, I can let it grow, and then when it doesn't, I I just have to make adjustments. Yeah. No, no, and I was just gonna kind of tie in what you were saying earlier about how uh, some people kind of wait for the right time and this and that. Yeah. But it's really it is better to start sooner than later. But the point is to start. Yeah. You know, if you've already waited, then even more reason to start now. Yeah. And that's one thing. Well, one thing I was side note about Freddie is that I'm glad that at least now, because he's at least a year younger than us. So mm-hmm. he's ahead by a year. Like there's, oh man, I wish I would know. I wish I would know what video. I'm pretty sure it's a Gary Vee video or it's a uh, t- Tim Ferriss video. The concept, the the point of the of this segment was like when you read a book and you get somebody's experience, you get 10 years of information yeah. in a day. And when that came to, to light, for me, I was like, cool. Like, I, I, it makes me excited in the sense, like, I'm just going to keep reading. Like, it's like it's some cheat code. You, <laughs> just, you just jumped ahead yeah, a couple yeah, levels. Yeah, exactly that. It's exactly that. It's like, and, and that's where, like, knowledge is power and then action is 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 your compound. That's, that, that's what, that's what like you're going to Knowledge is potential power. Yeah, potential power where the action is what's going to get you through that, but you need knowledge, right? The whole point is, like, the, the way they brought it up, though, was just that. Of like, you know, when you read someone's, ex- especially like I have like a book here. It's called With the Old Breed by E.B. Sledge. He served in World War II Pacific Theater. But he was a part of one of the smaller, quote unquote, smaller combat uh, scenes when he was over there. But yeah, if you read, if you listen to the story, I mean, this is, you know, a few years of just his experience. And it was, it's just as dramatic and like terrifying as any other war book that you, uh, you've either seen in the movies or read. You know, like where... Uh, oh yeah, it was, it was Peleliu and like some of these uh, conflicts that he was a part of. They were yeah, because they were small, but yet, you know, they're just as as, as impactful because people still died, which is the ultimate thing. People still died. People still fought for their countries, whether it's J- Japan or the U.S. Right. And they still had a mission to to want to accomplish and whatnot. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, money versus currency. <laughs> getting back to the point. Getting back to the getting back to the point here. Uh, one thing that I like the way the way Robert talked about, um, in a sen- essentially fearing less, you know, Tim Ferriss's mm-hmm. point of fearing less is, uh, you know, high risk, high return, and stuff like that. That's something Robert talked about, and his thing is like Rob, uh, Robert, risk equals control. But instead of being risk, being more risky and having less control. Be in control of your risks. Right, right. And that, that's one of the things he tied in. I'm like, man, I, I definitely want to say that here. You know, you know uh, and I think he, he still used the car example of, of buying an expensive car and having that vol- volatility of having that car and, you know, it not being an asset. But yet, you know, if you have a car, if you do Uber, you know, you, that, that might help ba- balance that balance out a little, it out a little more. Balance making you money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say Uber necessarily because Uber wasn't even created. Because his video, I think, came out like 2006. Was he recorded it actually came out on PBS, and like his whole thing was, like I'm glad that you listeners and you who are at home supporting public television are allowing me to say a lot of these things, especially like about the currency, money versus currency. In 1971, he was very specific on some of these date, some of these data points, um, where he talked about that. He talked about gold, uh, where I think back in back in I guess the 70s, you know, you let's just say it's at 50 bucks for X amount of however they weigh it or value it. Mm-hmm. Where 40, 40 years later it's at two hundred and fifty bucks, 
and yet the dollar has gone down to five cents in the same amount of time. And tying in the, the fact that it's more of the dollar going down as opposed to things going up in value. Right. It's because the, the dollar is so low in value. That it's up. So I guess another way of looking at it, the one reason why gold and oil would go up in price is if the uh, supply decreased. So then I guess what you're saying is that the supply of the dollar is increasing faster than the supply of gold and oil is decreasing. Right. And I, gu- I guess something like that, because he, he, cause like I said, he mentioned as far as the government able to print money. Mm-hmm. So because there's more quantity, each individual piece is less. Yeah. Where gold, you know, you, you know, it, it retains. There's no, you can't like print you, gold. If you had five super expensive chocolates. Yeah. You know, in a bowl. Yeah. You'd be willing to eat one or two. If you had Savor one, it. you'd be sev- like that would be more valuable to you. If you had that last piece. Exactly. You'd never want to eat it because it's, you know, it's the last one. You know, as soon as you eat it, you've got nothing left. That's it. Yeah. So it's more valuable to you when you have that one piece rather than five. In this scenario, yeah. In the, in the case of money and the way Robert talks about it and tying in assets and liabilities and trying to bring understanding. And interesting about, like, the crowd, because they give, like, little crowd shots, like, and they you say, like, okay, who was born this time, who was born this time, who was born this time? And there's actually a few millennials already there, like, you know, like, I'm assuming, like, the, old, like, the older, quote-unquote, older millennials. But it was a good variety of generations, not so much, like, diversity of, like, the, what, we, what we would, uh, I would say, associate normal, normal diversity, like, color, race, or whatever, all that right. PC stuff. So... Th- talking about like value and keeping keeping on that track. So now I'm a tie in Tim Ferriss. I listened to one of her podcasts on the way home from Fort Worth yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And he talked with Cheryl Strayed is her name. She's an author. Uh, she I think she has like she has a book called Wild and then I there's like other books that were then turned into movies as well. Um but she now, I guess, teaches writing, like, you know, for, she just teaches writing, creativity, the whole artistic aspect mm-hmm. of it. And one of the, at some point during the conversation, uh, Tim Ferriss brings up, like, uh, what's one of your favorite prompts or what are some of your favorite prompts? Or how, or how do you get started? Because Cheryl talks about how it's hard for her, uh, personally, it's hard for her just to get started. Sometimes she'll be on a chapter of a book and she'll start on, like, the end because she knew she knows she wants it at the end, so she'll do that and then basically just retract and finish the chapter. And she says, like, now what she teaches is like finding things, tangible things, that can spark an idea or spark to start from the beginning. And so one thing that she'll talk about, one thing she, that she mentioned was like, okay, take out your keychain, and tell me why each of those keychains. Why each of those keys are important to you, or or what's the story behind each one of those keys? I think there's that because I think story allows you to go way deep, like to think about that one key and just centralize on that right. and talk about it, right? So, because we don't have that time, and essentially it's only me and Brian here in this room. One question that I asked last night to Gonzo and a friend, and a question that I want to ask Gon uh, Brian right now is, like, what is your favorite key on, key on your keychain? That's interesting that you ask because I have. I used to have only one key, and up until recently, let me double check. So, yeah, I used to only have one key, 
my house key because I don't carry my car key and my house key on the same one. My car key is completely loose in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that would be my favorite because the only addition recently were my desk keys at, for my, my work desk. Okay. Um, and those really, they've got nothing. But this <laughs> this key has been has been on on my key ring since we since I've since I've lived at this house and it's been over like ten years and um, I've never been the type to say oh so many great memories here and this and that but I actually have had you know good times at at my place mm. um, so and and really being that my desk keys don't. Not that they're not important, they they're are, but there's more sentimental value to yeah. my house key, so that's my favorite key. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, my uh, essentially we all came up with the same freaking answer last night. <laughs> <laughs> Your we, house key? No, 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 I, oh. no, no. Uh, uh, it was a car keys, the car oh. key, and so I I went on to say, and and of course, and my favorite thing was that they both asked me why, like why, what was, my, and that that's part of the biggest thing is like I don't get an ask. I don't get asked enough why. Because mm-hmm. usually I'm the one asking the questions. You know, more than likely, especially now. Right, you know, right, right. In this atmosphere that I'm in, in my head, um, I'm the one asking questions after question after question. And then uh, they're like, what's your favorite key? And I tell them, at first it was my house key. Because I've lived here for 23 years, like mm-hmm. in the same house. And it's gone through transitions, like, you know, now having a desk. And actually now this room's going to turn into an office. And my bedroom's going to be in the back room. Interesting. Uh, so it's... I gave myself six months to do this transition because mm-hmm. I have a bunch of crap that I need to get rid of still. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, so in the beginning, my first, my initial answer was my house key mm-hmm. because I've lived here all my life. And, and except with the exception of moving to college away, you know, for four years, whatever, coming back. But then I, but then not because they had different answers as to why their car key was their favorite. But I'm like, my car key is my favorite at the end of the day because it gets me everywhere I want to go. So Gonzo followed up, and I, I love that Gonzo followed up. He's like, "Is that why you seek stability, or like why, or is that why is that why you're so stable?" And I said, "You know what? That's that's an interesting, deep question that I never pondered on, but it makes sense to say yes, mm-hmm. because I've had my car; it gets me everywhere. I can count on it. You know, I I I do put money into it because I take care of it in the same way it takes care of me. And it's like, but when like I said, when Gonzo brought up stability, I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, may, maybe so. You know, maybe so." And then I tied in, like, balance, right? Balance to just everything. And I'm like, even the way I eat my meals, like, I didn't realize this until till we were there at Whataburger. We were at Whataburger last night. And, uh, like, my burger was in half. I finished one. Can I get two ketchups? And then, I, and then my, my burger, my fries, and my drink, right? So halfway through my meal, quote, unquote, I was halfway through my burger. I had one ketchup packet. I was halfway through my fries, and my drink was halfway full. But I, I didn't pay attention to it until right. Andy Bob stability. And then the concept of, like, my whole end, end of day is always balance. Did I, did I, was I able to be effective but, like, have, you know, not have any regrets in any element? Whatever, whatever my day agenda was, right? And, but I'm like, look at my, look at my meal. Like, it, this is, like, it's so subconscious now that I eat my food in balance. Like, so, you know, structured. Yeah, super structured, sta- stable, structured, like, bal- you know, 50-50, you know, like, dichotomy, you know, 50-50. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's, at, for now, at least, for, I guess, not even for now, but for me, um, it's always been 50-50, not 51-49 or other, otherwise. Like, Gary Vee talks about it. And I, I know he's, someone else has talked about it, too, where, you give 51% and then 
you only count on 49%, but you always give 51. You always want to give more. And some of these, uh, it might have even been in that book, the Unshakable book. But the fact of doing that, like just giving more, giving more, and giving more, because the the receiving end for that person is always more, like regardless, right? But it's like that's I've realized maybe that's not me, you know, where it's like nah, I like fifty fifty, like I'm I'm cool with fifty fifty, and and even then the fifty percent I I seek back is not monetary, you know. It's like me and my mom have actually talked about this because I'm still helping her, like just get certain concepts down and like one thing is finding where you belong and like i'm really and i've told her recently too i'm like like there's some things like i now can't help her with like she needs to find a mentor that is in her in her situation you right, know right, right. and in this case it would be like her directors like her her superiors in mary k where like me like i look up to jocko tim ferris um who else jocko tim ferris tony robbins you know these guys gary v where it's like the distant mentors, like they're the ones I, and I don't necessarily like use their, like any particular templates, but all these converging ideas have led to then this, you know, thing that's building, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Here's another question I got from Tim Ferriss. And it's kind of, well, I kind of tied in two questions. Cause one thing that, well, let me, let me ask the first question. So the first question is, have you found a person not from your local area that you have parallels with? And the context behind that is, you know how last week I asked, and this is one of my questions. Last week I asked you guys, what is your favorite mistake? Well, he asked Cheryl, what is your favorite failure? And to me, they're essentially one and the same. Failures, mistakes, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's same. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, so, then, yeah. so him bringing up, or no, the parallel question is mine. The, I said, so I said, have you found a person not from a local area that you have parallels with. And then my context is the fact that Tim Ferriss asked a question that I've already asked. And I like that. So I don't know if you can give an example. If, you, if you've been able to find people based on your readings, based on, you know, the research you have done that you can say, Hey, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter who, who it is mm-hmm. or like age group or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I have like, done enough research on on any let's say like mentors of mine to really say that we have parallels but i have met um, for sure one person like a peer who i've we've i've noticed that you know we kind of have a similar like we have had a similar like kind of upbringing okay. and, and the way our lives kind of took shape you know they they've been similar and it's um it's interesting it's super interesting in in the way that sometimes you feel like depending on your situation you feel like you know nobody else is going through this nobody else would understand <laughs> yeah. and then for me to come and find somebody who has kind of had a very similar path it's kind of like wow that's that's interesting it's yeah. very cool that's good in yeah a sense yeah i i guess cuz i well i guess when i wrote this question i didn't, i my whole thing is like when we talk about you know using the internet as a resource mm-hmm. and as a tool, as opposed to a, a source of entertainment, a hundred percent of the time, you know, yeah, I've already agreed. Like, yes, I I need to work on the entertainment aspect of my life. You know, I'm working on that as we go. Mm-hmm. But my primary source, like when I'm talking to my friend and she's like, you know, what did you do today? And I gave her a list of everything I've done. You know, in the past five hours, she's like, why can't you just like chill? I'm like, 
because I'm not <laughs> like I'm not there right now. Anyways, yeah. Uh, but same thing where I guess you know it could be anybody that you found parallels with because essentially, I mean, there's seven billion people on here, and that's that's my I guess one of my general consensus is like there's seven billion people. Like there's bound to be people out there that you just you mesh and you find these parallels and the more parallels you find, it's like, it's so much easier just to talk and open up to them. Also be, be essentially be vulnerable to that person and trust them. Yeah. And now like one person that, that I can think of who's kind of a, like a YouTube personality mm. that's not so much like parallels in life, but common interests. And he's taking on, even though he's quite, he's like four or five years younger than me. Like, you're talking about Mars Bar? Yeah. Like, okay. He's like four I've or mentioned five him before. Years. I don't know if on the podcast, but I mentioned him on my blog before. Okay. Yeah. So he's like four or five years younger than me, but he's already doing things that I wish, you know, I, I would have done. The yeah. thing is that in our interest, which is kind of like tech and entrepreneurship, he's a little, mo- well, not a little, he's way more like um, into the tech side, which, and tech, photography, media, yeah, the which has really kind of, uh, propelled his 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 business yeah and um yeah i'm, I'm not what did he start was did he just start off with photography only and like yeah he was uh he was doing well he started the vlogging like when he was like 14 15 right right he was just like live streaming him himself playing video games mm, okay, okay so it started, it started was with gaming attempt. it started gaming yeah but it wasn't a business and i don't think he was monetizing that at that time you know back then i don't think YouTube was where it's at now. Yeah, definitely not. So, um, when he started making money off of his interest was he would he would uh, do like photography and videography for special events and weddings, stuff like that. And then he had um, that one commercial he did for a local coffee house, which got him a little bit more business on on that aspect of making like, um, not necessarily commercials, but. Uh, what do you call it? Like promotional... Ad- oh, advertisements. Yeah, promote... Well, oh, yeah. Com- oh, com- I guess, well, essentially... Com- essentially <laughs> call commercials, ads? but what we... Co- I mean, what to me, commercials are still, you know, professional <laughs> shit, what oh. you see on, on TV. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. So... Professional quality, yeah. like, stuff. So, but yeah, that's that's what... That's where he really started making money, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this this guy, Alex, I, like I said, I've, I've mentioned him on the vlog because, like, essentially... He's a guy that I have looked to for information. He's one of my sources from the internet that I watch his vlogs and his daily vlogs. And like, dude, it, it just, it's so much. Like, it's not even, it's just tedious stuff. That I'm like, I'll hire him to do half the stuff. You know, like I would, if I could, and, you know, I would hire him. And if you watch his vlogs, you, you'd know to trust him with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, damn it. Yeah, because even when I, when I got this camera, which I have up right now, uh, it was from him, you know. And, and he, gave a, he gave a more... He gave, I guess, a an older generation of the same camera, but when I saw the features of this most up to date ver- uh, model, I said, "Well, it's gonna benefit me now. Like, I, I need it so I can be able to use it for the vlog, plus this podcast, so the audio can." Cause my thing is audio right. and good audio. Like, even when we started the podcast, and because I had done some some minor prior uh, prim- primary research, where I'd, I'd listen to these podcasts, I'm like, these guys are using like. It's cool to use your iPhone. There's nothing wrong with that because it's just starting. Mm-hmm. But I've I've also been so drilled since high school about tone, and for me, tone ties into just quality of sound. And it's like if I have a shitty podcast, at least we're gonna sound good, <laughs> you know. And yeah, that yeah. might even sound like bad to hear, but I just wanted people to be able to hear us. Right. You know, there's there's a little bit of white noise because of the particular mic that I'm using, but Brian's it's clean as. It's clear as crystal, uh, crystal clear. 
but it's still like essentially like I wanted to make that was my priority. Where like because I have that down and I have that squared away, now maybe I should have concentrated on content first. But I feel like I'm now. I feel like the the movement, the segments has have essentially produced themselves. Whether I think it's bad or not, like I said, it, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm only looking for one thing to benefit. You know, people. Right. You know, it, it, we still talk for up to an hour, up to two hours, or it's like, yeah, it's a lot of information. And when I'm listening to Tim Ferriss and with Cheryl Strait and then Jocko Podcast, Jocko Podcast, this past one was three hours. It's been a minute since he had a three-hour podcast. Like, he's been consistently at two, and this one went to three, which is very rare lately. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, like, I spend three hours listening to a podcast, you know, especially on drive. Like, we went, me and Luis went to Fort Worth uh, for a TCU camp. went really well. But while at some point he fell asleep, so I just turned off the radio and I put on my headphones and I put on a podcast. Like, that, that's what I do because I knew that I needed to be here Sunday, at least having some type of direction, you know, to, to what I'm going to get ready. Because essentially that's what I've found is that whenever I personally feel shitty about a particular episode from what I hear, it's usually because I started too late in the week developing questions. Now, whether I bring them on, now, whether I bring them on live or not is totally different based on our conversation. But the more questions I have and the more information I have in my head, the more flowy it is, which makes sense. I, I, at least I hope it makes sense to people. Like, I, it's one thing that we've talked about that, talked about Brian Words. Like, uh, I don't know if it was me, you, and Eddie talking on group chat of, like, where people sometimes, or, like, where something's common sense to you finance-wise, but it might not be common sense to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. That's, I mean, I know, I think I've actually mentioned it to you even even before mm-hmm. where maybe we started talking about the possibility of like consulting and stuff like that. Yeah. How I feel that a lot of what I have to say is maybe common sense, but it's common sense to me yeah. and not everybody has that information or, you know, they haven't looked it up. They don't, it's not readily available in their brains. Right. Right. Absolutely. So where I think something is, is obvious. It may not be to other people. Yeah. Somebody else. Yeah, and that <laughs> it's retracting to one of Gonzo's questions last night, where he's like, uh, "So what's up with you, Walker?" And I give him like, "I'm like, well, what, what, what piece, <laughs> right?" But it goes back to that, where it's like, you know, one thing that make that make, that's common sense to him. Like, you can't ask me too general a question like that because I can give you an hour worth of information. Yeah. I have that same experience when people ask me like, "Hey, how are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, in general, I'm good." But what do you want to hear? Like, <laughs> yeah. I always feel that people maybe want a specific answer. Because it's more either entertaining or more informative. Yeah. But if you just ask me, hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, it's Good. going well, yeah. <laughs> Good. That's so, all I got for you. Exactly. Yeah. And then people think that's a boring answer, but there's so many things going on that yeah. I don't know what to give you. Yeah. Yeah, and then his his final thing was like, you have an answer for everything. I'm like, well, that's what I want. I, I want to have an answer to everything because if you don't have an answer, at least we can find an answer. Like, if you ask me a question, you know, like, ah, it's 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 just stuff to ponder on. Because I feel like that's what needs to be done more. I I, I guess I, I temporary or kind of brought up last week as far as like the whole entertainment thing and like yes you want to have fun you want to enjoy yourself and you know pursue your goals. But it's like yeah, it, at the end of the day, some people get I think some I think more people get disappointed because they're asking the wrong questions as opposed to like not getting the answer they want it might be just that the wrong question was asked yeah it's like i think maybe sometimes people don't know 
what they want to hear or they don't they don't know what they're looking for so they ask general questions and get general answers okay, general answers right and I, I, I in my head I, I feel like we me and you have talked about that cuz I, I feel Probably. like I've heard, I feel like I've heard you say that where it's like general questions come up with bring up general answers yeah and so like now it's like well why or what or what do you mean by this and one thing that's hard for me with now with like my friend whenever I'm asking like I get like more detail, more detail. It's like I don't know what her definition of like these things are. It's like it's new. It's, this is a new conversation for me. It's like when me and Brian are talking, we generally go down the same avenue. Me and Eddie, me and Gonzo, you know. But like talking to some an, essentially a new person face to face, it's like well, uh, some of my questions might seem like they're diving too deep. But it's like well, I just need to know what you mean because if I don't know, understand what you mean, I then I'm yeah. not gonna be able to continue you're the conversation. Gonna, you're gonna say what's on your mind or like. The way you perceive it versus yeah. what they, what the angle that they're right. taking. So, okay, here's an example. So, Friday night, I had dozed off. I woke up and I see a text on my phone. It's like, why do you torture yourself? And and when I answered, because I answered, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. So, I woke up and I saw this question. like, why do you torture yourself? And I answered, I'm like, discipline equals freedom. And I put that in quotations. And I said, it, it's a concept that that I I admittedly don't live by, you know, 24 hours a day, but I try to just keep it in my head. If I can say it enough, I can, if I can do it enough, if I can consciously think about it, then I'll take things seriously and things will get done the way I want them to get done. Mm-hmm. And so then last night when we were at Whataburger, and it's like, that was such a serious answer. I'm like, well, because that's, <laughs> that's a perfect example of what we're talking about right now of like, well, if I, if I read it for what it is, I'm going to tell you for what I think it is. Right. You're going to read it from your perspective exactly. versus, yeah. And that's the whole misconception. That's the whole um, misconception and, like, uh, misunderstanding. It's all about communication. Exactly. And that's my whole point. And that was, my, that was a great segue for me last night because I was like, this is why communication is important. Like, and, and, and for me, I almost hate to get very serious all the time, mm-hmm. but it's that Im- for, for me, it's that important. Because I, I yeah. want to be able to understand you because I don't want you to get upset. And thinking that I think a certain way, when in reality it's like, well, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, we're, I want to understand what you're saying so that we, you know, you don't get upset or yeah. whatever. And yeah, going back to the premise of communication, it's like it, it's important. I think that's one reason why I always have a scenario for or d- different scenarios for the same, um, like the same situation, because if I want to, I guess. Have a, a perspective of every angle, just in case. Yeah. Because if if I were to get you know a question a general question like that, well, it could be this, could be that, could be that, and once we clarify, then I can give you the answer that you're looking for, yeah. basically. Because I I take sarcasm very poorly, in the sense of like if you tell me something sarcastic, I'm probably gonna answer you in a very literal way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just me. Like I, like I said, like last night or Friday night, why do you torture yourself? And then last night when we were talking and Gonzo was there too. And it's like, I then realized in the morning, Saturday, I'm like, you probably didn't mean that. <laughs> but in my, my fight or flight stage, it's like, oh my God, I missed the text. Let me, let me just respond real quick. And I yeah. gave a paragraph, you know, of like my, my answer, you know, quickly. But that's how quickly I, I that's what clicked right away. It's like, well, that, that's what it is. But, but what I ended with, like, but just know that I'm telling you the truth. Right. I'm like, if you're asking me about this, this is my perspective. This no is my bullshit. point of view. Yeah, yeah. No I'm, 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 I'm trying very hard to veer away from that stuff. Because I feel like little white lies, and this is very introspective for myself, but like little white lies that maybe I can remember in like high school, like just stupid shit that you do as a kid. And think about it now, it's like, I don't even want that. 
Because that just opens the doorway yeah. to, like, continuing. I had plenty of those, too, growing up. And now I think about it, and I was like, that was completely pointless. It right. Got, it got nowhere. It meant nothing. Mm-hmm. The main thing is it meant nothing. Yeah. And like, when you realize when you realize that it meant nothing, and it's like, why? <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Why? And that's my primary question half the time when people are talking. It was like, why? <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's, that's my thing. It's like why? And I have <laughs> I have one specific friend who will always ask me like, why? Are, like you don't say much, or you know you you don't you don't talk a lot. You don't say much. You always have very kind of like dry answers. And I was like. Well, because when I speak, like I I mean it. Like I I I don't want to say something that I don't mean or that has no purpose. So the little that I say, like it's it's the truth and it's got a meaning. It's got a purpose. Right, right. With even if it's just answer a dumb question, <laughs> you know, like I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna give you right an exactly. It's like, and my thing is like I I try to keep the optimism up, so I'll say nothing's dumb unless you don't ask it, right? Which is the kind of general thing. Yeah, it's but a the, but it, but. It, in all honesty, like even for the you know for everybody listening, it's like I'm human too. It's like something's in your head. It's like, why are you asking me this question? Like, d- you know, either it doesn't make sense, or it's very like simple. It's almost too simple. It's like really like, it's like it's a very dumb question. <laughs> you know, like this is a very dumb question to ask. Like, yeah, uh, don't had, e- go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I think I've had plenty of, of moments like that with with a specific friend <laughs> okay. who was like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but. In their defense, it's like they honestly may not know, and it more might times have the than answer, not, right? Then. And my my only exception is kids. I will let them answer as many stupid questions as they want. A- yeah, ask as many questions, stupid questions as you want, because like in my head, I I need to. I but I use your theory. I I use the fact that like okay, my common sense is not the same as this kid who's ten years younger than me. Mm-hmm. But I have to say it quicker than I speak out. <laughs> I say it, I say it to myself in my head because I be like because I think the initial reaction for adults now, and this is like very just observe from observation standpoint for me but a lot of times like why do you do that why 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 are you misbehaving and you hear your kid kind of like talk to you back like that well because they hear it is what the way it's coming came back to you yeah it's the same thing they're reflecting what they completely reflective right here exactly and that's that's like my whole point of like this point is that where it's like kids are the only ones who i allow say hey what like or they ask me a question and in my head like okay Dumb question, but I'll answer it anyways. You know, it's, it's a simple question, but I'll answer it anyways. Um, yeah. And let it be. You know, let, uh, let it be. They're the only exception. Anybody under 18, I'll let it be. <laughs> Everybody over 18, think twice. <laughs> At least. Yeah. At least think twice. You know, come with three questions. that Sometimes I feel in. like you need to humor them to, to, to clarify and to stop the dumb questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Well, absolutely. Like, I definitely try to always segue, like, okay, you, you, I, th- I think you really meant this. This is the answer. Did, did, this is my answer. Is this what you meant? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. You know, I try to at least help them because yeah. it's more of a language thing, and just but essentially it goes back to helping kids. Sometimes too, yeah. You know, like tying in language and. And I'll always I'll always take take this with me. Um, a former supervisor of mine once told me because I, I was kind of hesitant to ask questions because yes. I didn't want to look dumb. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said it's better to look like a fool for fifteen minutes than for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, I even when I think it's a dumb question, I try to ask it. Because then at least it's clarified. Yeah. Was it a dumb question or not? I, you'll find out after they give you the answer, but at least you won't carry that question the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, you'll know the answer now, and you move on with the correct question, the correct answer. You know, you'll you'll it'll be clarified. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Echo talks about. Uh, this was I think two podcasts ago, but he talks about why he's lucky to have Jocko's phone number. 
<laughs> and because he, he gets to ask, and and uh, and the cool thing about Echo is he's he's a human. He's very down to earth. I can't wait. Like my goal is, and I've already done like my math, is the first muster of 2018 is my goal to go. Like that's that I want. I'm gonna go to the next the first muster of 2018. Um, but uh, he talked about that. Like we're, like even then, even with all the questions that he'll have sometimes, he'll he says like he only sounds like 30 percent, because half of it is just typing it out, seeing it on paper. And like, oh, I know the answer, and then he erases it and not sends it. That same supervisor says sometimes you just got to talk it out or just say it out loud, really. And yeah. that's what he meant because as soon as I started explaining something to him, it would make sense to me. I was like, never mind. Yeah, Figured right. It out. Like, oh, oh, man. And sometimes you're like, to me it's gotten to where like, why is that? Oh, never mind. I got it. <laughs> and I still have <laughs> moments like that. And to me it's kind of like it's it's a little embarrassing, but sometimes that's all you need. And yeah. And you learn from it. You know, yeah. maybe say it out loud in private, and yeah. then it'll make sense. Yeah, here's an example that I, I just remembered. I was in high school baseball. I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. We had just gotten a new high school varsity coach. And so we total, like, reboot of the system that I learned for two years. Like, you know, was, we had a certain way of doing things. And, I, and like I said, I said this last week, I believe, where, like, I, I was very hard to adapt to change in high school. And this was the one of the bigger changes in my life was getting a new varsity coach when I had I had already known my varsity coach for the past two years and already worked with them and you know it was just we had we had already built that like I was already on the system then I was good right, right, right. and uh, but one particular practice I was because I, mean, I was a catcher so one particular practice we're out there it's already laid and wrapping it up and, and I'm, I'm up to bat because we're doing like a scrimmage he gives a sign. And I didn't know this. To this day, I still don't know the fucking science. Because it was, it was different. Like, I, I, and I didn't, but at that moment, now it's different because I, I could just learn them. But then it was different because I didn't know him because I didn't hear him when he said him. So I missed the sign, and he chewed me out. I'll never forget. He chewed me out. And, you know, I mean, that, it is what it is. He's like, but you could have just asked. And thinking about it now in retrospect, it's like, I'll never ask a yelling coach. How can I ask you if you're just yelling? You know, and maybe maybe talking about it out loud now is like maybe that's why I see these yelling coaches. Like, you guys wonder why you're not effective, and it's like, well, because I have an example, I have a reason. I can, I'll give you a, my example of why it wasn't effective. Why I can't ask you questions if you're yelling all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're yelling to me, well, you can just ask me. I'm probably not gonna ask you, or right. the students probably not gonna ask you more times than not. Yeah, yeah. And and crazy thing is like that mistake for me. He then gave the signs later on, and I'm pretty and. Around this time, I eventually quit baseball. You know, this, this was around that transition point that I quit for stupid reasons, but I quit anyways. And, uh, but yeah, I, like I said, right now, talking about this, I particularly remember that I still remember the night, dude. I still, I still remember being there on the field. Like, I can put myself in that scenario in my head. The lights are on. We're getting ready to wrap it up. I'm up to bat, and, you know, I'm already nervous as hell because this coach is just new, and he played, you know, semi-pro. He, you know, he, he, he did well for himself. But now he comes in here and just revamps, reboots the whole system mm. that I had grown accustomed to. Because by this time I was playing baseball year, even in high school we were playing baseball year round. Like we had summer leagues, we knew each other. We were playing right, right. every Saturday, every Sunday. Um, when I didn't have band, we didn't have band in the fall. You know, I was playing baseball. And uh, but then we get this new coach in the fall of twenty or twenty in th- two thousand seven. When's the junior? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That was 2008, 2009. Yeah, 2008, 2009. So 08, 09 was junior year of high school, and that's when we get new baseball coach. And 
uh, another thing that I can just throw out there now because I'm not, I'm not affiliated. But uh, I'll never forget we had pigskin coming up, and we had we had we had fall ball, we had fall baseball, mm-hmm. and we had a tournament in Corpus, I think, or or Laredo, Corpus or Laredo for baseball. And I said, Hey, coach, I'm not gonna make it, you know. And, and he's like, He's like, oh, okay, just remember that in the spring. And it's like. Dude, and and by this point, I did realize like I'm in high school. Like I should be able to do multiple things. Like my only exception was that I can't be in football because of drumline. And I chose I, but that's the crazy thing is like I cons I consciously chose drumline over football. Mm-hmm. In this case, you know, where it's like I kind of had my cake and ate it too with baseball and band because right. it's always worked out. It never conflicted. And now that I'm in this situation, and come spring, lo and behold, you know, I'm I'm on JV. I'm not on varsity. And then and then I eventually you know, I left. I quit. Yeah. You know, I, that was the end of that positive came out of that i got very good at physics <laughs> i went to I class that twice. <laughs> I, i'd go to class twice a day i go to physics in the morning i go physics at night during baseball or in the afternoon during baseball <laughs> and i got 100 off of all the baseball like for the rest of the, the semester i got 100 for not, better grades for, in physics mm, better grades. i had a's in physics after Damn. that good times and i got to help you with yeah. physics and we had to we had we, got, we even got to have a group project together because we were doing yeah. different because we were in the same class essentially same teacher we were able to do the same class project. You know, I, I, I went eighth period because I, I was there. <laughs> I was, that was eighth period. Good times, man. What's a memorable What's a memorable hard conversation you've had? Hard? Yeah. Th- this one, yeah, as opposed to being a favorite hard conversation, just a, just a memorable one. Just one that you can say, like, like man, like, that was, that was like a that tough. That was a difficult Yeah, that was, that was a conversation. tough one. I can give an example later on if you want, but uh, mm. I don't know if you have something off the top of your head. Off the I top of my context. head? Okay. Well, the the main the main one that I have is like like with Luis when I cuz we like I said we have family members in San Antonio for for health reasons. And this family member, he's 10, he's young, he's a kid, you know, and and he's he's a great athlete, you know, he he to me he had a future. Like he he was he played he played football, he played really well. That was his sport and basketball, but football was primary. And uh so when I talked to Luis about it and I told Luis I'm like I turned off, turn off the radio and I'm we had just finished workout. It was during the week. It was during the week. Like it's already been like a, five weeks, I think, since this is, since the situation happened. So then, about a week in, a- after hearing about this, it was like a Thursday, Friday that I heard about it. And then like that following Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we had lunch with my dad. And then and then I had him, I had Luis, and I told him, "Hey, dude, like I have to tell you something." He's like, "Is it bad?" That was like his first thing. Is it bad? I was like, "I was like, look, it's not bad because I would have told you sooner, but it's not an easy conversation." I'm like, but I'm okay with having a hard conversation with you. I'm like, you just need, I need you to listen. You can ask me questions after, but hear it out. You know, and so I, so I told him the whole thing. But I can, that was my, at least my most recent hard conversation that I've had. Um, that I can say, like, yeah, that, that one's going to stick for a while because, um, you know, it's one thing that me and my dad were talking about last night is helping a 15-year-old learn and, you know, develop where, wherever he ends up going to is that it's so hard to – convince him that hey man i i know a little bit about what i'm talking about you can trust to listen to me right know? yeah yeah that whole concept of that i don't know if you've had a name it doesn't have to be that deep it just has to be yeah well, i'm just wondering if you have something because for me like i've never had to have like like hard conversations with my younger siblings mm-hmm. and from my perspective that conversation that you had to have it was because of some something happened outside of your control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was probably me, the biggest thing because we talk about detachment. It's like yeah. I have no. And, and for me, like I really haven't had 
everything that has happened to me has been my decision. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. It's been my. That's fair, right? You're so, more conscious of it. Yeah. So, the the biggest one I can think of is like a breakup conversation, but. Mm. Right, you're not going to YouTube. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess the concept of ba- the breakup conversation. Yeah, I remember mine, my last one. Well, for <laughs> for ahead. me, it was it was hard because it was a you, you're you're emotionally attached, of course, and and for me, it had been and it been a year, it been it, years. Yeah, it had been a long. Good, good ways. Yeah, it had been a long relationship. So for me, it was it was that emotional detachment. You know, to, to you you're emotionally attached, but you have to make a detached um, decision or, you know, in my case, I had already made the decision, but being in the situation, being there, being present Mm -hmm. and having like all these emotions internally and then then visibly, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, to, to say it. And, you know, and then inside you're kind of feeling the opposite, (laughs) but you've come to the, to the, that final decision. Yeah. Decision that it's, it's, it's not meant so, to yeah, be. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. Oh, man. Mine was, I guess, a little different. Just because, like I said, I was done with this shit. <laughs> but mine was totally different. Because I, I know what, what you're talking about. Right, right. So, but that was still a different circumstance. Because, like, I, I, dude, I, I had a gig that win. It was a Wednesday. And I had a gig. I was, I was playing at the point in Hardingen. And I was, I was still playing with that old band I was in. Uh-huh. And, I, and I remember you calling me, like, hey, dude, are you, are you busy? Like, whatever. And I, I contemplated going back. And I think the only reason why I went back was because I, I think I had a test. Like, I had to go back because I'd be back on Friday. You know, like, I'd be back on Friday for a gig, so we could talk Friday for sure. Friday, right. Saturday, we could talk for sure. And uh, but I'll never forget it, dude. I, I remember that day. I freaking You said it was day. a Wednesday? It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. And I, I have something else happened that day that makes it memorable to me, like, exactly the, the day. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, well, hard conversation. Yeah, con- hard conversation. In my case of my situation that happened, like, as far as, like, a break, it was... It was very easy because the 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 whole relationship was shitty. Yeah, you were just yeah, done. I was done. So it was it was easy. Yeah. Where something like this that I'm now learning that communication is important, but it's it's even more important to choose the right words with a 15 year old who's he thinks he knows it all and he knows a lot because he's mm-hmm. a very smart. A lot all in my short term of substituting and meeting all these kids, cause I still got to meet a few hundred. You know, a few hundred in a matter of months. Right. And some stuck out more than others, and some like, oh, man, that guy's really sharp. Oh, man, she's really, really sharp, you know, whatever. But, you know, that language usage is so important. And that, you know, listening and going back to, like, listening to their stupid questions and, you know, trying to trying to veer them off, like, okay, for one, it's not dumb. For two, you're asking right. me, which I'm proud of. I'm, I'm happy you're asking me. For two, let's try to fix that a little bit. You know, let, let's let's make it a smart question. Why is it a dumb question? Let's make it let's make it a smart question. Ask the same thing to your teacher and ask it this way. Mm-hmm. You do know, something like that. that. I feel that more impactive, impactful, than anything else. Uh, what is something you're consciously trying to improve at the moment? Consistency, <laughs> and like I've always admitted that. I'm inconsistent with a lot of things, but like I think as as early as like January, I've I've been kind of trying to be consistent, and I'm still inconsistent with things. But when you look at historical data, you know, over years, I'm I'm definitely trying to be more consistent about right. certain things. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. my, that's right. That's right. 
So I've been I've been definitely trying to be more consistent about certain things in my life. Yeah. So that's one thing that I'm conscious. I'm conscious that it, I need to work on yeah. my consistency in several aspects. Yeah, like uh, one thing I'll I'll admit on here because this is this is me taking ownership of because I I feel like it's it it ties in really well with being consistent. Was like the rich dad poor dad for teens. He hasn't finished it. Looks like he hasn't finished it. But because I let him slack off for like three days. And he's like, nah, he's like, I'll, he's like, I'm done with it. Like, I don't want to read it anymore. I was like, fuck. And like, now I, essentially as, you know, you can't make someone do something right. And in the beginning, it was really easy because he, he started reading. He's like, he was really into he it. He was interested. Yeah. He was like, oh man, he was, he was on a roll. Like, you know, he read eight chapters, you know, he read eight chapters and he was good. And he was journaling and he was doing whatever. So then I gave him a break thinking like, oh, he's been doing good. I, I can give him a break. Where it's like, it seems like the answer's like, just be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> At least through the book. It's not, it's not like it, it's not like it's a long it's book. Long, yeah. It's a, it's freaking here. Uh, it's 101 pages, dude. 102 pages. Like, it's not long. If I would have made him stay consistent through the 101 pages, and he would have been done two like within those three days that I, let's say two three days that I gave him off, if he would have just finished it then, w- this conversation wouldn't have been happening now. Right, right, right. But like I said, it ties in really well to the whole consistency thing because like, man, I'm not gonna make him reread it or read it now. Like I, I, at the beginning it was easy because he wanted to read. It. He's like, oh, you know, we went to Starbucks or we go to the library. And we spend, you know, three, four hours at each place, you know, just getting work done. Mm-hmm. And the uh, cool thing about, I think, my definition of work is that it's different from, like, the old school definition of work. Where it's, like, just being conscious and trying to better yourself. In your case, it'd be being conscious about being consistent. For me, and right now, it's just consciously working. And working is just developing. And as, uh, as I've always mentioned towards the end of podcasts, like, you know, just moving, you know, growing, doing, doing stuff. You know, like, last night we were talking, and even yesterday, Brian, when I texted you, where, you know, there's some things that drive me to just do. And it's like, well, what do you mean by do? It's like, just create, like just going and learn, you know, pushing limits, pushing any limit that I can find. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough is like the stuff that I'm doing here in the Valley is like, it's pushing a lot of limits, I I think. I mean, in in some sense, it's like the main thing, like, especially for the podcast that I'll be very honest for listeners to hear is like here in the Valley, no one that I know is like doing a podcast. Like, I don't know anybody that's consciously, like, at least from the people that I know. There could be, I mean, they could be out there. Like, I know right. uh, there's one, but it's, like, songwriting enticed. You know, enti- it, it, it tells in enti- songwriting. But as far as, like, you know, even entertainment podcasts, like, I don't know anybody, like, doing, like, some type of, you know, I feel like by now, like, I go to enough bars and shit here that I would know if there's some type of entertainment pod, like, like co- comedy podcast. You know, I feel like we know about right. it. Right. Um, where, you know, some people feel like they're stuck or they're doing whatever they're doing. Um, anyways. Speaking of, like, taking action, um, for you, are there any words or reactions to things that you do that fuel you to want to do more of that thing? I can give you an example. Okay, go. So, Gary V's thing is, like, negativity. He loves negative comments. He he loves that, and that's what drives him. Like, that dr- that drives his positivity. And want, because there's so many negative people out there, that drives him to be to be optimistic and be positive in everything he does. For me, because I've realized, like, I've realized, uh, Gary's mind is actually crazy. Like the term "crazy," like, oh, you're crazy. Tell me more about how I'm crazy. So I can keep doing it. That's my feeder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have something that you maybe c- can come to realize that uh, something that gets you to to do. Like I guess if you point out my flaws, like in my work. Or personality, whatever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the whole, the uh, whole thing. But if you, if you point out, if you point out my mistakes, it'll, it'll make me like, be more aware of them next time around. And that's why, some this this came up recently at work, 
where they were like, hey, have you spoken to so-and-so, the mm-hmm. former superior of mine? I was like, no. And um, and then I, I don't know why the conversation went this way, but I, I said, yeah, like, they were very, you know, they were very intelligent. I, I hate that they left, but one thing that bugged me about them was that they never pointed out my mistakes to me. I turned in work, and the person would just fix my mistakes and not let me know what it was. So I never knew if I made mistakes, what they were, or, you know, and, and a couple of times I knew that there were mistakes, but they never, they were never brought to my attention. They were just kind of fixed. Right. And it, it went on. Like, right. It just passed. And it I was like, wow, on. like passive in, in a sense, that's kind of depriving me of development. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to get better? So your driver, your driver might be like mistakes, period. Like just yeah. your, your personal mistakes. I like tell me my mistakes. mistakes. I yeah. want to know that, Feed me those mistakes yes. so I can fix them and not do them again, or yes. or and make them make it better next time. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good. No, that's that's not. I think that's totally a thing because I know, um, like I've talked about this with my mom. Where it's like I, my my drivers like because of Gary's example and the way, or at least the way I tie it in is like, yeah, like people because my biggest thing is like, oh, when do you sleep? You're crazy. Oh, you're how how can you do that? You're crazy. You're crazy. It's like. Fuck, like that's my that's my answer, that's my immediate answer, at least, yeah. right? Very emotionally attached words, you know, like, but it's like, but then I realized, like, when I, when I to think about it deeply this question that because I, I came up with this question because of Gary V, and it's like, what drives me? It's like, yeah, people, when people tell me I'm crazy, like, tell me more so I can keep going. Because, uh, oh, well, who was it? Because there's there's a I'm I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before, too, where. You're not doing what I feel like I doing. feel like yeah I feel like it drives that way like, you know, what the term you use unorthodox like because of that because you're going down a new avenue that maybe has been touched on like some in some way or other but yet people are still telling you're crazy for going that direction yeah it's like okay then I'm I'm doing something Adam Robinson and like all like his his whole concept of like the SAT theory and like the opposite it doesn't make Fuck. sense okay yeah it doesn't make sense that's that's the, that's what it is this <laughs> <laughs> took us like all of two minutes to like think of like who i'm like because i've heard it like but it's the I d- it's the yeah. opposite if the opposite is true then good like that that's where you want to go that's that's where you're going to find meat right and so the the more people that tell me i'm crazy because of the things that i'm doing it's like well you think i'm crazy you're missing variables you're missing a lot of things as to my my state of mind my way of thinking then that's good because that creates my avenue that creates my alley that um, no, well, I think I already, I think I already said this as far as like, you know, what is well, one question I got asked was like, what's your two year plan? Um, what, what, uh, I don't, I don't know if the question was like, what do you want to get out of it or something like what it was something around those. And I'm like, right now I'm not even worried about it. Like right now I've realized that at my age at 25 is that I can just do, and that's okay. I can just create and do as much crap as I want. Like I don't vlog consistently. But I think that's more because of my schedule. Like, the thing is, like, I'm not willing to, um, what's the word? I'm not willing to, like, like, sketch out just to have content. You know, maybe if I could hire somebody, like, you know, it's something like, the way Gary Vee has D-Rock. D-Rock follows him everywhere, right? And he, and he creates it. Like, he does, he, he takes the video, takes the audio, and he puts it. So Gary Vee doesn't touch it. Right now that right. I'm doing everything myself, it's like I'm not gonna. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I'm not gonna not alter. Alter is a word, but I, there's a better word. Kind of go out of your way. Yeah, yeah. It. I'm not gonna go out of my way just to keep content every single day. Right. You know, like if I if I see windows where it's like, okay, I can have content here. I can have content here. Um, okay, I can have my actual can my Canon. You know, I can actually have that out. 
you know, I can do that and I don't mind like it. Like if you made it a point to have content every day, then people wouldn't really be getting right the the experience. The me, like the, the actual yeah. me. Like, you know, it wouldn't be a personal vlog. And crazy thing is actually, I actually talked about this on my vlog, I think like two weeks ago. Because Alex says, his the headline on his vlog, when I, the one I watched, I've made a mistake. And he talks about how he would literally get up, create content for the vlog, upload the vlog, and then go to sleep. So he lost, he lo- he, like in, in essence, he lost himself. Mm-hmm. Because he was concentrated on making the content, not being himself, and letting the vlog be a part of him. Now, he's crazy in a good way I, I say he's crazy but i think it's a very great avenue that he's so consistent with his vlogs mm-hmm. that's something he can do that's something he has access to like when we went to forward like i i use my camera but like i just made a one minute video and i posted it onto my instagram and facebook my social media but not youtube you know like like that stuff that i'm that that i mean that i'm not willing to do because like no like my concentration is this 15 year old that i want to make better right. you know like my country is n- not myself my vlog comes and goes and maybe that's inc- maybe that's a bad inconsistency for my part but I'm not willing to. Oh, I still can't think of the word. I have a word into my tongue, but I'm not willing to just scrap, you know, unvaluable content just for the sake of posting for the day. It's like no, for for me it doesn't work like that. And for like like I said, like Alex Mars Bar and then Gary V that they have their resources kind of set out for them. You know, that's just the that's just the way it is, and that's the way it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, last two questions, and these two tying together, I should have asked these earlier, but because of the whole coach thing that I brought up. But uh, I got this is from the same conversation that Tim Ferriss had with Cheryl Strayed. Um, the first question I want to ask is this is one of the I I would have to say one of the prompts that Cheryl says is it's really important to like kind of like dive into. And I I thought about I should have I guess I should have written like an essay on this question because I I feel like I have something more to say. But for now I'm just gonna say it out loud. And I can give my story and then okay. I'll let you give yours. So the question is, who has been your darkest teacher? Whether it's difficult, painful, or ugly, and I, I knew who my answer was right away, bro. I knew who it was. I it didn't. I didn't skip a beat. Who was uh, my first grade teacher? Really? And there's a lot of retrospect that I'm gonna get to, but I'll give you my initial assessment. First grade, she's very aggressive. She and and like and for I mean, you're six you're six years old. I was six, gonna be seven, and like I, first grade was so prominent to, prominent to me because of her. Like it was. Ter- it was it was miserable because I had never been talked to like that, and and like I said, I'm gonna get to the retrospect. I'm gonna get to like the 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 the, the punch in a bit, but like yeah, like just her her method of teaching, like the loud voice and like my kindergarten teacher was totally opposite of that. Like even that, uh, just going from kindergarten my my kindergarten teacher to my first grade teacher was just a big dramatic change. Like it just yelling voices and it's like I I didn't take that well. You know, like I just I didn't take that well and um so I just remember her and like there's one one point and I I still I can still hear her voice, dude. Like she's like that's what I meant, Andy. Like she like pointed me out, and like I could still oh, see her look looking at in me. First grade. Yeah, dude. In first grade, like we were like, and I still remember like sitting down. Like it was like, a, like it was like a because we had basically paired up desks, right? Where it was like me and then a person across from me, and our desks were together, but we were facing essentially front to watch the to see the overhead. We were doing like addition problems or something, but like, and it was my fault. I have to. It was my fault because I was talking. That's why she called me out, but. I n- I'll never forget her voice. So when so when I saw when I heard Cheryl said who has been your darkest teacher, it's like she's been my darkest because I 
it's too, that out of all my teachers of like negativity, she's the most crystal clear for me. And so now, to the punchline is like, she she had a very difficult time, uh, and I'll never forget this, and I'll never forget the the cry of a of a of a mother, and because of this, um, at first grade I was in, I was there I was in her class, and the principal calls her out, and uh, they tell her that her daughter was in a car accident, and didn't make it, and you hear the wail, bro. I, you, it, I'll never forget it. Like, you, you, you hear about the story of, like, the Yorona. Like, to me, that's what that was. That was my initial click to that. Because now people talk about it, like, talk about the story that like Yorona in a joking way, or like, oh, yeah, try, try to scare you, and I hear it. Because, it, to me, it takes me back to being six years old in that first grade classroom and hearing the, uh, the genuine, dreadful cry of a mother because they just lost their child. Who I, th- I think I think I think at the time in retrospect I, th- I said I think she was like in college or something and I don't know if they were in town I don't know what the situation was but she was in a car accident and didn't make it and the principal like I said the principal comes in and then that was it. and of course she left for for weeks you know she was gone for for a long time yeah. and uh, but it still to me it still ties into like a just a dark moment in time it wasn't it and it it, it was not no fault of hers it's just the time and. Now, some of the, like I said, the teacher, her, the teaching method was still, it's still like, oh my God, like, you know, like it taught me something. And I, I don't know what that something is, but, you know, I was able to hear it. But uh, like I said, there's, there's a retrospective punchline there where it's like, yeah, there's, she had, she had her, she was dealing with her own thing. And now being an adult trying to move through this, you know, life and now dealing with more kids and whatever, thinking about her and thinking about this question, it's like, oh, we, you, you have to learn to deal. You have to have that hard conversation. You have to, and going back to hard conversation, I mean, imagine like, the principal like getting that phone call and then having to tell your teacher, one of your employees, like that, 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 that hard conversation. Yeah, that's a hard conversation to have. Talk to your employee about that. So I don't know if you have a dark teacher that you can think of. I I think I ha- I've had several, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I guess the purpose of the question so that I could really choose one, but. My third grade teacher was kind of like that in a sense, like the way she spoke to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only had her for one semester. I had to. I moved after the first semester, mm. but she was she was very like that, like kind of not not that sweet, caring voice. She was very opposite of that, mm. and uh, called you out for for things. <laughs> which, and then to me, like still, it was third grade. Like yeah. damn. <laughs> but yeah, she was very like that. Another one that I think you might you might know, um, like sixth grade reading teacher. Sixth grade sixth Wear grade. Wear glasses? Female? Yeah, yeah. Girl? Yeah, or lady lady, lady or lady, yeah. yeah. She was kinda Team sixty one? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. Actually. I don't remember yeah, okay. I, I I don't remember what I know I was in sixty one, I couldn't remember I can't remember, I, don't remember I wasn't we weren't friends yet. <laughs> we didn't come friends until so like math. Seventh, eighth yeah, grade. Like, yeah, the math class, whatever. Okay, math well class. there was another teacher in okay, sixth grade that's that, fair, that's that fair. was very similar. Okay. Um but yeah, and then high school, our band director, he it wasn't so dark, but I but he's he I guess taught me some discipline because I didn't want to be caught making a mistake under his watch. Because either he'll call you out or, you know, he'll really kind of 
chew you out. Those eyes, though, like the exactly, stare down. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so not that about. it was dark, but it was. It. it that made was consequence me, enough. Yeah. Like his stare just, down or yeah. his call out. Yeah, exactly. You. Makes sense. So for me, I didn't want to get be caught making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was dark in that in that sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where I I was always mindful of what I was doing. And <laughs> Everything I played and everything I, every spot I marched to had Especially, to be on point. Well, and then, and then like, you were the only tenor sax, or you are in, or like senior year, or like, how did that work? Because I know, did some bands have like two and then like one at some point? Because I, I feel like at one point it was only you being a tenor sax. Like maybe it was senior well, year. like in in each like band period. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah, was, yeah. In each band period, each there band was period. typically one just one. More likely one. Typically one, and if if there was enough, then the last band would get like two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember, I remember when I did that uh, music theory piece of Canon, Canon when I when I transcribed yeah, Canon yeah, yeah. and D, and I specifically remember walking to like you and the, the French horn player, uh, and giving you individual because I had written out specific parts for you guys to yeah. play, and uh, but I remember that's what that's why I'm like I can't remember if it was only you and I just or I just, or I only wanted you to play <laughs> like because yeah. this was in the spring like this was like a final project for mm-hmm. theory and whatever and I was very. Contains I put I put in a lot of time for that transcribing and make sure I got everything right. Yeah, for those bands it's typically just one tenor, and normally you have the tenor has similar parts to like the baritones mm. and maybe the trombones. Yeah, but sometimes I'd have my own thing because I was I was part of the saxes, but not I didn't have quite the same part as the saxes, so I stood out in some in some cases. Right, and um, so yeah, definitely those times. Those were a little more critical um, pieces to play and did not want to be caught dead making a mistake, especially coming back from state. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we'll tie it up here. So so the final question for tonight uh, that I got from Tim Ferriss, because he, he asked this quite often, I, and I just want to, so we can keep tying these general conversations into the timeline, timeline of success, which I talked about, I was able to do with Eddie. And I, I thought about bringing some of those questions back, but I think we might do that next week, depending on... Because I think Eddie's still going to be out. like Because he's going to be out because he's on his way to Colorado for those gigs. Okay. So, uh, but this question, I think you can answer. It says, when you hear successful, who or what comes to mind? That's a specific question from Tim Ferriss. Successful. It's interesting because I don't know... I don't know when, and and it's it's kind of weird because I think of like two two people. Um, I think of on one end, I think of like Elon Musk, mm. who started all these companies, and instead of just kind of reaping the benefits, he sold them and used that money to invest into another one. So like he he started PayPal, sold it for like I think 180 million. And then with those 180, he went and started like Tesla, SpaceX, and, mm. and he was able to actually maybe get more of what he wanted. Yeah, and he basically didn't keep profit; he invested it all to new businesses. Um, and to me, it it comes down to the fact that it it doesn't seem like he did it for the money. Maybe he did it for the money to invest into things that he actually wanted to do. The initial thing was like for money, but so, because he, he already knew, maybe yeah. he already had an idea of like what he wanted to do. What he that. wanted to do after, yeah, so and there were there were actual interests of his, right? like, you know, SpaceX, letting Solar Winds, right. and Tesla. So I was like, maybe even like that, letting those, how long, how long do you run PayPal, do you know? I don't know. So let, let's just say it was, ten, let's say 10 years for the sake of like, 
a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. So he allowed for 10 years to, of his life to build off this one thing so that he can actually spend the rest of his life doing this other thing. This yeah. things that he's like, he's going to go and be fired about. Now, I, I had to admit that that'd be as challenging to stay in the right mindset, knowing mm-hmm. what you're, knowing what results, knowing what outcomes you want, but having to go through this time period of like change and um, going through essentially a, a business that, yeah, you've created and you feel, you, you see it's profitable, but it's like, at least for now, in my mindset, you know, it'd be hard to stay, just stay on track. If that's the case, if it was all part of a grandmaster plan, talk about delayed gratification. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great because it's like, yeah, you just got to wait. You just got to go and do. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's an, a, a big amount. of mm-hmm. delayed, And now it's like, you know, tenfold of just things that he's, you know, he's accomplished. Yeah. So on one end, it's Elon Musk because of that. And then on the other, which is totally different, is like my dad. Like, mm. my dad doesn't, you know, he's not a millionaire, doesn't have all these fancy cars and stuff like that. Yeah. But I can genuinely say that he he does what he wants. Like, he, he I forgot, I think uh, I had a job interview once, and they asked me what the definition of success was. And it was like, to me, success isn't, you know, making all this money. It's really doing, being happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if I heard that somewhere or... Maybe I was just really trying to get the job, right? <laughs> right. But um, but I, I kind of carry that with me yeah. to this day. You know, it's it's when you're doing what you love to do, yeah. and I think I think Elon Musk represents that on one end, making money off of it, and I think my my dad making less money off of it is is, is following the same the same blueprint. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I ha- I have to say, initial my first thought was like, what is like. I had to. Re- I I personally had to dig into success because, I, like I talked about it with Eddie, was like the fact that in 2013 or so when I was getting ready to leave that band. Oh, it was 2014, leading to 2015. So, from the fall of 2014 into the spring of 2015, I realized, and I like this is this is very very rhetorical. I mean, sorry, uh, redundant, but so Brian can hear, um, the fact that like I had already done so much in the music career aspect. Like I'm like. And when I was talking, like, I was telling Eddie, like, one of the band wives, we were talking that, I'll never forget that night. That's one of those, like, memories. Like, I, like, the first grade teacher, this is one of those other memories that I remember very distinctly. And we're talking after, it was, like, they're talking more after their gig. We are just getting paid and whatever. And I'm, like, we're talking, and, like, I am successful. Like, because she asked me something. I'm, like, I am successful. Like, by this time, we had already gone to Vegas. I had already played, you know, Houston, Austin, you know, Dallas, whatever. A bunch of the Valley, and the Valley was cake now, you know, like, we talk something we talk about hillbillies and stuff like like at one point it's like oh my god hillbillies this is a cool place and now we play it's like I only go to hillbillies to play you know <laughs> I don't go there for fun anymore or very rarely go there for fun right and uh, so that that's my consensus which like I said pe- listeners have already heard but just for the sake of giving Brian some context and like now it's the collaboration of thoughts from Jocko Tim Tony now Robert because I'm Robert's very new to me. Uh, still, and then because you got this, you got Rich Dad Poor Dad like last summer, I believe. Oh, really? Was it? Yeah, Dang. I'm pretty sure it was like last August, July, August. Cause yeah. I had just gotten Power of Myth, and I was reading it, and I remember you getting the book, and you're like, after after you're gonna lend it to a coworker, and like after she gets it, after you get it back from her, you're gonna lend it to well, me. She lends it to her fiance, and <laughs> I don't know how that's going. But, <laughs> but yeah, I realized the same thing yesterday. I was like, hey, I have that book. I was like, wait, but I don't actually have it. You don't like have it? Uh, yeah. Have. <laughs> I don't have it so. <laughs> So like so yeah so Robert Kiyosaki is very new to me, 
But, like, just the collaboration of thoughts from all them is, like, again, also my one aspect of, of success. And I think it's more because of my – it's totally bias of, like, my mindset of just trying to do and create and do – and also, but at the end of the day, make sure I help others too. And maybe it's not helping others by being there and helping them lift up a, a barrel or something, but, like uh, – or even a communication thing. Like, if I know that if I can – be consistent in my agenda or at least or at least get most of it done if not all of it done and then go out and give whatever information i've learned or heard of to other people hopefully that even that will be reciprocated to others you know going forward the other op- the other side i say because it's very like now that you made me think and like i didn't want to be cliche and name a parent but like my mom mm-hmm. because she talked about like tim ferris always talks about like mini retirements and like different things like that and, like, my mom's had those options. And she's taken them sometimes where she she gets very tired and she just takes a sabbatical, basically. And and now that we've been – because we, we dove into four-hour work week together. Like, we dove into We started doing it for ourselves and then collaborating to see what's up and see what we can do for the household. But when she was when she was reading, like, those months – like, taking a month off four weeks off, she's like, so money was never the problem. That was her – that was her light bulb was that money was never the problem. Mm-hmm. It was just – distribution it was mindset mindset was the bigger that's the biggest thing of, of that I, I have to say um that we're trying to clean up and just get better at you know mindset uh but when well, i could see it in her i could see it in her like the light bulb went off like money's never been an issue the concept of money and to me that just further fires me to like tell people like money helps you in many ways but like Think like just think a little deeper about like okay what can you really do a lot of people I mean we we talk about this over and over again but like you know like oh I can't do this I can't do that I can't take time off from from work I'm so busy I can't I can't you know like, even this friend that I'm talking to she's talking about how busy she is I'm like you'll get your priorities straight you you'll figure it out you know it's still it's still you still got time but that's what I think of and and yeah so to to, to close up this podcast and this you know what comes to mind who or what comes to mind the what has to be uh as cliche as it is, because I feel like you hear it from a lot of people is, you know, personal growth, but don't forget others. And then the who is these guys that I'm, I have literally a shelf of books from all of them now, you know, uh, even, well, even John Eldridge, he's a, he's a re- religious Christian author. He has a book called Wild at Heart um, that I've mentioned here and there periodically through the podcast, but uh, these guys, you know, Tony Ro- again, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Jocko Willink, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, these guys that have now book that now have books out and, and tying in that concept of, you know, some of these guys talk about ten years of their lives in one book, and you can if you read it in a day, you have ten years of information that you can just use immediately, right. whether it's mistakes or otherwise. So that'll be the wrap for today. We, I feel like we, we. I, at least, like, I covered what I wanted. Like, this one was very got much structured. Yeah, very much structured, but we got to tie everything. And even at the end when I brought up, like, the, the dark teacher and then right now the successful people, um, like I said, I, I think I could have probably tied it in early, but when I when I realized it where we were at, it's like, okay, we'll just keep going and I'll, I'll bring it back at the end. Because I, I didn't want to not ask the dark teacher one because I feel like it's a very important, like, piece mm-hmm. and successful just to keep us on the track of time, timeline of success, realizing that everybody's is different but it doesn't mean you shouldn't keep moving, you know, essentially the whole concept of moving with life. Uh, so we'll tie it up there. Don't forget to, well, I'm going to close it up here. So don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to do reviews. Um, 
iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I stopped doing the YouTube thing because I'm still I'm I'm more posting like content like uh more like a preview thing from my cam from my camera. So I'm gonna do that for now because eventually I'd like to upload the whole thing like do the whole thing, but just not there yet. Like everything else, everything's a work in progress. So um, I'm letting it grow as as we continue. Um, there's another app that I didn't know until someone direct messaged me on Instagram, but it's called uh, Overcast. It's another app that has a bunch of podcasts as well. So if that's if you oh if you have Android and you don't have iTunes, mm. you can go to over you can download the Overcast app. That's why I'm like why because he has Android. Um, and because I asked him like hey what like he's like uh, he's like oh yeah I'll just look I'll just look for you on this app. So I downloaded it. I'm like oh yeah it's it's there like it's there and I like it because it has like the the full title and then the link iTunes them that like, you copy link and you share it you know you just do that but uh anyways the overcast app if you have an android um i know stitcher stitcher you can have them on android um overcast soundcloud i'm pretty sure is for android too but um if you don't i but i i think for overcast i think i can't remember but you might not need to like create an account you know you can type like to facebook and all that crap i think overcast either way we're on a bunch of apps now <laughs> that have podcasts, essentially podcast cool material. Deal. So you can do that. Brian, if you want to leave whatever information that's in the show notes, but you can say it out loud so people can hear you. Right, right. You can, uh, you can look me up on Twitter and on Instagram at Brian Alejandro underscore. Check me out on Fiverr, too, if you're interested in any Excel work. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R dot com under Brian Alejandro. Right on. Yeah, and that, that I also have for sure have the link, the, his Fiverr link on, on the show notes as well. So you can just click that. If you're using your phone, click that and it'll send you to the link directly. Um, if you want to contact us for Moving With Life, you can get Instagram, Twitter is at Moving With Life underscore. And then if you want to go to Facebook, just type in Moving With One the number one life and it'll come up. So again, the Facebook one is facebook.com forward slash moving with one life. And you'll contact us there. Hopefully you got one good thing out of this conversation that me and Brian had. And I encourage everybody to go out and figure out one way that you can help people or kids or family members, you know, find, find something that you can do. do, go out there and do 30 minutes of research, find a, find a, a club of sorts, sometime a, sometime a community club and see how you can donate or volunteer. That's all I want to leave you with. And we'll see you guys next week.